Leibel to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leibel just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Leibold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Alright guys, what's going on? Welcome! Hockey to Hell and Back, episode number 51. If you're watching live, thank you so much. If you're watching after the fact, you're listening, all those good places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, surely, surely greatly appreciate it. There's a lot of unbelievable things going on in my life for the past almost 16 months, but really these past few months have just been an absolute joy to me. Uh, getting back on my rollerblades, a lot of you guys know I'm rollerblading across Canada next spring. 
May 28th, 2022, starting in the great province of Newfoundland with my good friend, Terry Ryan. He's going to kick it off with me. I can't wait to get out there. Never been out to that part of the East Coast. Really looking forward to it. Thank you to Sarah Law up here in Muskoka for doing the first story on that rollerblade. There's been a lot of stories over the past uh, year or so, but that one really about puck support and the rollerblade. So thank you so much so so much uh before i say anything else i want to give a special shout out to ethan bear just today came out with a, a story standing up against racism and last episode i had my friend wacy rabbit a fellow indigenous hockey player on the podcast and he's doing some incredible work uh in the indigenous community uh for their youth and ethan bears on that path as well He's had to deal with a lot of racism uh, this year and especially lately with the Edmonton Oilers losing out. And, you know, there's no place for that. We're all about equality here. We're going to talk a lot about that on tonight's episode. Keep it up, Ethan. We're all proud of you, man. And for all of you haters out there, we got no time for you. We're going to get to uh, one sponsor and uh, we'll be back with uh, our guest after I do the in memory. As you guys know, I do every single episode. Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, aubrey at pridetape.com. You can find Pride Tape on facebook.com slash pridetape, on Twitter at pridetape, and at pridetape on Instagram. Pride Tape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Thank you to everyone at Pride Tape and a shout out to my friend Curtis Gabriel really leading the way out there. He got me hooked up with Pride Tape and every step of the way on my rollerblade, you better believe my stick because yes, I can't rollerblade without a stick. It feels too awkward. Uh, we'll have Pride Tape on it. Uh, as you guys know, if you've watched the show, as many of you guys have, the wall of those we've lost to things like suicide and overdose-related deaths in the hockey community continue to pile up. And unfortunately, I had to add two more individuals to that picture today, and we're going to honor those individuals moving forward on the podcast. But as you can see behind me, Laura Taylor, former UBC goalie, tragically took her own life in 2016. She was an avid soccer player. She played ringette. Uh, she was studying uh, medicine and just was an incredible young lady that we lost way too soon. Mental illness uh, in, in hockey and beyond are serious, serious issues. So forever she'll be behind me on the wall uh, in memory of her. We're always remembering all those we have lost here at Puck Support. Uh, thinking of the Taylor family. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. You know how this goes. There's really no other word to describe how I feel right now to have Tara Sloan on my podcast other than very grateful and very fortunate. I would usually go into a lot more detail in these intros, as you guys know, but I'm going to keep this one short and sweet so that we have more time with Tara. Tara Sloan was born in Montreal, but moved to Nova Scotia at an early age, and that's where she considers home. There's a lot of layers to Tara's story. She's a woman of many talents 
She really got her start in the music world, eventually becoming a Canadian rock star with the band Joy Drop. They had several smash hits, including Beautiful and Here in Canada, Sometimes Wanna Die, made number one on the Much More Music charts. I think most people these days recognize Tara Sloan for what she's doing on TV, and her work is astonishing. After hitting a crossroads in life, she decided to walk away from her music career and venture into TV broadcasting, and she's never looked back since. After an appearance in the reality TV show Rockstar in Excess, she took her talents to the screen, appearing on Sun TV, which eventually landed her role out in Calgary on breakfast television. From there, she started to land parts in the sporting world on Sportsnet, and she also appeared on my friend Michael Landsberg's show off the record somewhere in the vicinity of 25 times. Being born in Montreal, she was raised a Habs fan, and she credits Mats Nasland as her favorite player. After working several jobs for Sportsnet, she finally got her big break when she landed the part on Rogers' hometown hockey. Since 2014, Tara Sloan has been a mainstay beside Canadian broadcasting legend Ron McLean while they travel the country sharing inspiring and incredible stories from Canada's East Coast to West Coast and back again several times. Due to COVID-19, Rogers Hometown Hockey has been put on hold, but it's something that we all hope will happen again once things open back up. But during the course of the last year, Tara Sloan has started a new venture called Top of Her Game, which can be watched Sundays at 6.30 Eastern on Sportsnet, which highlights women in sport. The work she's doing on Top of Her Game is so incredibly important, and it's giving so many women a platform that they not only need, but they deserve. And this is where I really commend Tara Sloan. For 30 minutes every Sunday, it's just woman on woman something that in the past there certainly hasn't been enough of i could keep talking but that's enough for me let's hear from the woman herself without further ado it is my great pleasure to introduce to you guys from sportsnet the rock star herself tara sloan if i was beautiful like you tara <laughs> oh my gosh that was such a sweet introduction thank you oh, usually it would be a lot longer because uh I just like to talk too much and I'm trying to dial it back and I know we're a little bit pressed for time because you're uh, on your own at as it stands right now. Your husband must be away, right? My husband is away at a different apartment. We split up. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Sorry. No, I, I had no, no idea. I had yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. No, it's, to it's totally fine. Very amicable. I mean, I know this is a very common uh, thread for many families during the pandemic. So yes, yeah. we are no longer together. Um, but so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm solo parenting at the moment and I got to get my kids to bed in about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that you also, um, you know, I do my research. You come from a divorced family as do I. And I think it's, uh, it is, it is very common these days. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but we make do with, with what we have. I, I'm just, I'm grateful that you're here and, and so grateful for the work that you're doing. And uh, I, I mentioned to you earlier, I didn't say who, but I'm going to bring somebody on a little bit later in the show, just towards the end, because here's a young lady that I really think uh, deserves to not only me, but to come on the show. I've shared her story a little bit on the Puck Sport page. I won't tell you who it is, but she's uh, 
she's she's groundbreaking in hockey let's just say that so i'm looking forward Great. to bringing her on um but yeah i mean tell us what you're up to these days uh, i know that you have your top of your game uh rogers hometown hockey's kind of put on the shelf is is that gonna happen again if the world ever goes back to normal i mean that's the plan and honestly it was really up until the last minute we were everybody was brainstorming and thinking of ways that we could make hometown hockey happen in some fashion and I think we we almost did it from the studio, but it just, you know, it the whole thing is about being in the community. And um, so just too impossible. So we, we did have a bit of a presence this season. I was in the studio with Ron on Saturdays presenting a feature um, and we had viewing parties every Saturday night, which was really fun with uh, some Team Canada members and, and NHL alumni. Um, and then top of her game, we are just next week is going to be our last episode for probably the, the summer. Um, there's a lot going on in the world of live sports that we would be preempted for anyway, including maybe the Olympics. Who knows, though? Um, and quite frankly, I've been going full tilt for the last year. So I'm sure it's, it's longer than that. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so I, I need a little bit of a, a, a break and reset. And the hope is that both top of her game, you know, gets back at it in the fall and then hometown hockey comes back in whatever form possible. And we certainly hope it's in communities across the country as it should be. Yeah. It's an incredible show. I think we all love it. And it, you know, I've heard many people talk about, but you in specific, just talking about the, the pride of, of hometown. Mm -hmm. I actually got to go to one of them uh, when you guys were in Aurelia. Uh, ah. I think it was maybe three years ago now um but i have you know there's a picture of you and, and gordon lightfoot uh that i have <laughs> but yeah that so i actually i got to see it live and i actually was in a pretty bad way but i i did make an appearance just because i had to go check it out as a hockey player i was like i i wasn't even watching hockey at the time but i was like mm -hmm. i know they're here so i had to go down there and check it out but you're, you guys really do an amazing job bringing communities together and giving them a and a platform that usually people wouldn't get that inside look into not only the communities, but the, the people of the community ranging from the young hockey players to the alumni. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many layers to it. I, I think the biggest one is just, you know, people are curious about people. So we love to see, you know, if you've never been to Prince Rupert, you love to see what's different about it. You love, <clears throat> excuse me, to see the commonalities um, about it. And then, you know, there's the on the ground experience, which we had this incredible group of ambassadors who would travel with the festival. They didn't come off the road for six months and they put everything up and they took it down and they worked. I mean, they were just so like, a you know, a group of young people who were just the faces of, of our tour and then the show and the stories and the stories are, it's like a bottomless, you know, beautiful glass of, of stories, so they never end, and people's generosity in telling them to us and allowing us to tell them to the rest of the country, that's I think what blows us away the most, is like, we just show up and people are like, here's here's us, you know, they're very candid, they're very authentic, and then we have the the great privilege of telling the rest of the country about it. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great experience. Yeah, and on top of that, you're beside Ron McLean, who is just, I, I, I have to ask you, and I wasn't even thinking about this until now, but he's so intuitive and so smart. And the way he puts things together, like a lot of that, does he do that on the fly? Like, how does he do this stuff? It's, it's amazing. And you must have learned a lot from him. 
I mean, I always say that much of what Ron possesses cannot be learned um, because it's just, you can try as hard as you want, but you know, unless you have a photographic memory, a <laughs> gift for poetic thoughts and puns and just a, like a, a way of saying things flawlessly and then, you know, also creating an arc of storytelling where you wrap things up in this bow at the end. Like, it's just, he is a, a unique mind. I think that's, that's the bottom line, but for sure. I mean, I, he has been incredibly um, accommodating, doesn't even do it. Like he believed in me before I believed in myself. You know, he never saw me as anything but an equal. And he always insisted that we share the show. And um, he's, you know, probably the most generous broadcaster I've ever worked with. There's no story that's like his or no line of questioning that his, that's his, that he wants to say that. He's just like, we both want the show to be amazing and we both want people to feel comfortable. And so, but yeah, he, he has a, a unique way, that's for sure. Well, and you guys complement each other so well. And I think it was just a natural fit. And maybe he saw that before others would have. I'm not sure. But you, you guys both do such an amazing job. And um, we could touch on a little bit more of that later. But I, I got to ask you about your music career. And uh, I'll get to the next question after. But I, I know a little bit of the history. But maybe for some people watching or listening, they don't know about it. How does uh, a girl uh, that raised in Nova Scotia also uh, as a you came up Buddhist, right? You were raised Buddhist, which was completely uncommon back in the day, but it's now, you mm -hmm. know, trendy and cool and, and, and actually very helpful. But how, how did, how did you become a rock star? Tell, I, I know how, but tell our listeners a little <laughs> bit the Cole's notes version. Well, I mean, it was a little bit of an unexpected turn because music was a big part of my life growing up, but all through high school, my track was in classical music. Like my, I was going to be an opera singer and <laughs> So I actually started my university career in, in classical performance and I, I blew it. I mean, I just didn't have the discipline. Um, so I left, dro dropped out of my first university at Dalhousie. I took a year off. I moved to Montreal and I had a, you know, just a, a hard year where I was just trying to figure out what I was gonna do. Um, but obviously my classical music trajectory had come to an end, but I still loved music. I worked at a record store all through high school. My dad's a musician. And so I, when I was in Montreal, I joined my first band. I didn't think I could sing rock music. That was honestly like, I just didn't think I could. And then it turned out I kind of could. And then fast forward to a few years later, I had gone back to school. Um, I moved to Toronto and I was just looking for some people to play music with. So I answered an ad in the paper. Yeah and went and met these guys at a rehearsal studio and I sang for them. They played some music for me, we hit it off. And so I joined Joy Drop. The thing is that like, I just was looking for people to play music with on a sort of casual basis. But these three guys, Tony, Tom and Thomas were seasoned musicians. They'd been in the business for a while. They totally had their eye on the prize. So they had a manager lined up and they had some, a producer lined up who was going to make a demo and they really had the intention of like of doing it so within nine months of me joining the band um we had a record deal and i just i honestly didn't know what hit me i had i didn't know I, it had never occurred to me that i could make a living being 
uh, in a rock band, but well, I mean, I, and not that I really made a great living, but there was a time where I made a bit of a living. So, well, and you guys were nominated for Juno as well. And in those two songs in particular did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of leads me into my next question is because here you are, you're kind of living out this maybe almost an unexpected dream as a, as a rock star musician. Um, and you get to a point where you're at a crossroads. And I think that's a really important story. I mean, I see it with hockey players all the time, whether it's because of an injury or they're not good enough or they have father time tells them that, hey, it's time to move on. It, it's a struggle to find mm-hmm. that next new path. And it seems like you were able to do that uh, fairly. Uh, from my research, maybe it was harder than than what I'm what I'm thinking it was, but I mean, you kind of transitioned into this just wonderful broadcasting career. And I know it took a lot of work. You started uh, at a, a, just an independent station to breakfast television. Mm -hmm. Um, But what was that like when you had to make that decision to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe music isn't my path now. How was that for you? And how was your mental health and and everything with that? My mental health was poor. I mean, honestly, I, I think this is a period I don't talk a, a lot about. Sorry. Probably mostly no, which and this is the perfect place to do it, and also because it's like it's not one of the the things that punctuates my path. Like when you look on paper, right. you don't see like spent you know four years wondering what the hell. Um, so for sure, I would say you know Joy Drop broke up. I think late two thousand two. Um. It was not until then that I spent the next few years really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. You know, you know this when you have an identity or you think your identity is something like I was Tara from Joy Drop. And then so what was I when I was not Tara from Joy Drop? And I can look back on that now and think, well, that, you know, that doesn't matter, but it did. Yeah. and so, no, I had some very dark times. I had some very dark times. I I went back to working in the service industry, you know, which was very humbling. I know tons of artists do it all the time. But for me, you know, as, as somebody who, you know, just come off a Juno nomination to be serving at a, at a club was like really put, put me in my place. So I had some, some dark years and, you know, so the, the next, I guess, moment or whatever you would call it, like dot along the timeline was when I did that show Rockstar in Excess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my hope was that I would, um, you know, at least it would do something for my music career. And it actually didn't do anything for my music career. But what it did is start to open the door to television. But, you know, what I can identify in retrospect is that it wasn't until I made the decision to just jump into something fully yeah, like it, that anything could happen when I was just like, I don't know if I want to leave music. I don't know if I want to do, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it ultimately it doesn't matter what you're going to do, but you just, you have to make a decision, I think in order for the universe to listen. So, but I, yeah, I mean, and I was in the rock and roll business, you know, there was like, there were some pretty unhealthy habitual patterns that I was engaged in. And that was part of the, to me, that was part of the decision of leaving. I knew that I wasn't a person who could survive a sustained um, rock and roll schedule. 
Yeah, I can only imagine. I, I only know hockey schedule, uh, minor, you know, AHL and WHL. It, riding the bus is a grind, but this is like full time on the road and um, always just having to answer to people and be here at this exact time, perform now, and you can't take a day off. And um, I, I can't imagine. And so it really was a blessing in disguise, it seems like. But did you have sights on turning into a professional broadcaster prior to that or did it really just kind of come <laughs> up and you're like hey I'm gonna do it you never had any aspirations for it at all no I mean I think I had some moments you know when you you said in the intro um you talked about Michael Landsberg and off the record I had a little taste of it you know in their early days of web content I actually did some NHL stuff for off the record I, I did some red carpet stuff um at the NHL awards and I did some you know, fun stuff in the locker room. And I remember kind of joking like, yay, if everything else falls through, maybe this is something I could do, but never, never thought about it seriously at all. But it when I just, when I started to get into television, I knew that um, that's where I wanted to start to angle myself. So. Well, and it seems like for, at least from my knowledge, it, it happened very very quickly. I mean, you must have put in a lot of hours. I know those early hours at breakfast television uh, out in Calgary was probably brutal, but that was the invaluable experience that you needed to gain to take that next step, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, you know, it's those hard, hard experiences sometimes that um, that teach you the most. And, you know, like it's like touring, for instance, I was I don't think I was great on the road. <laughs> I think I'm, you know, I'm not like a road dog. I'm not a road warrior, but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did 200 shows a year for, for a bunch of years. Um, and breakfast television, for me, I mean, waking up at 3am, I was at work at four. Um, some people are cut out for it. I can honestly say that I don't think I could have could have gone past the five years that I did. Um, I just, I, I felt so tired all the time, you know, and I, one of the final straws for me was we, I had a parkade that I parked in underground and of course I got there at 4am. So nobody's there wide open parkade. And I like sheared the side of my car off on a pillar. Cause I was that tired. I was so tired. I was impaired, you know? Yeah. So, um, but again, you know, breakfast television is actually a really fun show to do. And, um, you know, it's three and a half hours of live TV a day. So you really, you get your reps in. No kidding. Uh, what was it like when you find, when you got that opportunity for Rogers hometown hockey and sports net, that must've felt pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been pushing and I was advocating for myself in a way that was even a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I wrote a letter to the president of sports net saying like Good for you. This is why I think that this show is is a good fit. Uh, the first year of hometown hockey, I really I shared kind of a peripheral role with Jennifer Botterill, who's by the yeah. way doing an incredible job on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, so we were kind of more like reporters. So we weren't on the desk with Ron often. Um, we were more in the crowd, and so I did like fifteen of the stops the first season, and then they moved me to full time. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I had a lot of pinch me moments, you know, like you find yourself, first of all, working with Ron, who I'd grown up watching. And yeah. so that, that in itself was like, what? And then, you know, you're doing a school visit with Wayne Gretzky and you're like, what? And so 
I, I mean, I still have those, you know, I, I still have those moments and I, I don't take it for granted at all. Well, and I think that's the key, right? Is not taking things for granted and just trying to enjoy every moment and, and make the most of it. But I really want to highlight what you said there is you advocated for yourself. And I've never been more sure of it in my life that if you sit around and wait for things to happen and for people to notice you, it may happen. But the, the likelihood is not as great as if you advocate for yourself in the right way, of course. And of course, mm -hmm. you get other people to do it for you. But was you said it was uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> why, why is that uncomfortable for you? Did you at that time where you, did you not have the confidence in yourself? Did you not maybe believe that you could do it? And when was a turning point when you realized that, hey, you know what, maybe I am better at this than than what I'm giving myself credit for? Well, uncomfortable. I mean, I always I hate to gender stereotype, but I do think that there is something about you know, being a woman and asking for, for what you want. And I mean, it's sort of documented in different, you know, different studies or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, like I've just never been terribly good at, at just stating what I want, stating what I need and being okay with, with the result, whatever, because I want people to like me, you know, and I feel like maybe if I, if I'm too forceful, then like, it's just, they won't like me. So mm -hmm. it was actually, it was actually a producer I was working with on something different who I said, you know, I saw that press release about Rogers hometown hockey. It looks super interesting. I, I'd, I'd love to work on that. And he said, well, you better let them know because if they don't know, they're like, that's it. You, if they don't know that you want it, you're never going to get it. So yeah. So it was wading into a bit of an uncomfortable space and it, it's still uncomfortable for me at times, you know? I, I did read somewhere too um, that you you've told told us publicly that you had a panic attack on live TV in 2007, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, is is this was this something new and something that you the first time experiencing in life or just on live TV? And and how did you manage that? And where are you at today with with things like that? Because I know you do a lot of meditation and different things. But what was that experience like? And I and and how is things you know, progress now for the better? Or do you still experience that? Um, I, st I mean, I'm, I think if you're prone to anxiety, yeah, it's, it's your cross to bear for the rest of your life. It's just managing it and, and sort of recognize, recognizing signs, mm -hmm. um, you know, having tools and avoiding things. So yeah, so that happened. It was very early on when I was just brand new at Sun TV and I was, you know, I just learned to read a teleprompter and mm. um, we did this show every day called Canoe Live and I was just in the middle of like a fitness segment or something, like it was just something so innocuous. But I just started to just, like I could feel, you know, anybody who has anxiety will understand like all your palms get sweaty and like you get hot and you feel nauseous and like all of the things and your breathing starts to feel labored. What I should preface this with is that I was wildly hungover. <laughs> mm. um, I was, you know, I had been out the night before, you know, I still had like rock and roll lifestyle residue. So yeah. I was very hungover. I had had like six cups of coffee. Mm -hmm. So that's a perfect storm for anxiety. My, like, my nervous system was just like, oh. 
<laughs> and so I felt it like, and I was wearing high heels, <laughs> uh, which like didn't help my sense of balance. And so this happened and I felt it coming on and I was on live TV and I had a clipboard and I put it up over my face and I said, no, and I, I just, I bowed out of frame and it was terrifying. Um, it had never happened to me doing any live shows like with joy drop. We, I mean, we played festivals in front of 20,000, 30,000 people, like no, nothing like that had ever happened to me. Um, so when I had that first, after I had that first panic attack, I, that started to be what I identified with live TV. So I went in the next day and I avoided the no, but I, I started to feel it coming. And every day subsequently, you know, I would like showtime would approach and I started to get that feeling. And so I was like, well, either this isn't for me, like either my career is over in television before it starts, or I better get some help. Mm -hmm. So I did, I found a psychologist who did cognitive behavioral therapy and I spent four months, um, you know, pretty doing some pretty intensive work. And what I realized then is that I'd been having panic attacks um, as a kid. Like I, I just didn't know what they were. I used to lie in bed when I was a kid and um, freak out. Yeah. And I just, I had no idea. So, you know, I still have times where nerves get me and I get a shot of adrenaline and the whole thing starts to happen. Um, I'm better about, I guess I just know that I can get through it now. But I'm also like, you know, yo, don't <laughs> don't show up at work wildly hungover. How about yeah. um, don't drink seven cups of coffee? Like do the things that that, you know, keep your nervous system in check. And but I know it's it's for sure going to, you know, it's just something I have to carry with me. Well, first off, thank you for sharing that. Um, sorry if I dug a little deep on you there, but I'm, I'm no, sorry. I, honestly, I, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's some comments coming in, uh, but I just want to share this one with you now. Um, the name might may sound familiar because it's Stan Smeal from the Vancouver Canucks, his brother, Dean, but he says, Tara, what a wonderful story. You have my 18-year-old daughter, Kaya, mm -hmm. uh, listening so intent as she is heading to college to enroll in TV and radio very inspiring. And so I want to say hi. Kai is actually probably going to help me with, you know, producing this show a little bit uh, because I need all the help I can get. And Dean's become such a great friend uh, over the past few months and, and Kaya as well. So that's pretty cool. You know, that's, that's yeah. her team and she, here she is, she watches my show all the time. And now she has a, uh, a woman who is just taking the broadcasting world by storm, especially the, I know you do a lot out of hockey, but it's mainly a uh, verse around hockey. And obviously she comes from a, a pretty successful hockey <laughs> family to say the least. So um, very cool. Um, yeah. I, I want to talk uh, obviously about top of top of her game and, and how that came about. Is this because COVID happened that it sparked this or was this, you know, tell the viewers how that came about. And if, cause if COVID doesn't ha happen, does this show still happen? I wonder. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's sort of, you know, it's become a bit of my like catchphrase, but it, it took COVID to get a show about women in sport off the ground. Like it literally, it took the absence of live sports and, you know, our networks all over the place scrambling for content. Um, but I mean, it, it's born of, of more than that, you know, and I would say that hometown hockey has really 
set the stage. We have our, our crew from our, our producers and Ron and myself and everybody who's been working on it from the very start, and most of us have been, are just, you know, increasingly invested in um, being representative of all Canadians. You know, I think it's really easy to make a hockey show about um, white dudes. And, you know, you, you don't even recognize sometimes your biases. And so we, we're constantly trying to push ourselves. Like, like, look at, we look at the rundown of the show and it's like, you have no stories about women. So, you know, we really um, have been very intentional about trying to include stories of all Canadians. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, without hometown hockey, top of her game wouldn't have been born and um, without the ongoing support of, of Ron. So it was, you know, after the pause of, of live sports in March of last year that there came this opportunity and it was supposed to be just six episodes, you know, the pitch was really like, let's just create the space for some conversations about women in sport. And we started and we just didn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, I think now there's a recognition that it's important. Yes. Um, and the conversation is growing and the footprint is, is deeper and deeper. And there's, I mean, there's still a long way to go. Like, I don't think we're at the tipping point, but I, the conversation is not going anywhere. Well, and I, that's where it starts, right? And you are doing uh, incredible work with these women, giving them a platform that they deserve more than anything, that they haven't had as much of very little, to be honest. And we're starting to see, you know, barriers being broken down, especially with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Other teams have done great jobs too, but certainly here in Canada, um, you know, with Daniel Goyette and Haley Wickenheiser. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I, I was, to be honest with you, I'm, I can't lie. I was shocked, but I was impressed because, I mean, if you're going to pick two women to have that job, what two better women than them? So I guess maybe not that surprised, but still, um, what are your thoughts on that? That must've been pretty exciting. It is, but I mean, it's, um, you know, truthfully hockey is, is behind, yeah. you know, I, I think hockey is, uh, it's behind the nba it's certainly it's behind the nfl mm -hmm. um in many ways I'll in just, many, uh, yeah I'll just say yeah that. so it's great and you know like i just i i just look forward to time when it's just normal and you kind of you look at these names and you're like oh, of course and you look i mean look at the work that that's being done in in broadcasting now it used to you know like it was just Cassie for a while and now it's now it's Cassie and Jen and Natalie Spooner and Sarah Nurse and like in the States, there's, you know, a whole bunch of amazing women. So now it's just becoming normal. And that's, that's the goal, right? It's right. like, yeah. not like, yay, we hired a woman. It's like, of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, yeah. especially, so I just coaching, I, I want to see, you know, women in, in hockey um, behind the bench you know, you're starting to see some, at least in in the CHL, um, but I don't even know if there's anybody behind the bench, maybe like video coaching or, and some scouts, obviously. I know Kendall Coyne Schofield was behind the bench for an American League game or a handful, I believe. And I'll tell you, that was the, the she was the first woman to really blow, I think everyone says it, to really blow my socks off and make <laughs> You know, and I've said this many times on my show where it was like I wasn't doing my part 
um, to do as much as I should be for the women's game. And it, and unfortunately, but fortunately it took that moment for me to go, wow, like, you know, I was away from hockey for a number of years and I come look, I'm watching hockey and I'm like, what happened in the last eight years? I'm like, holy. And it was, it was so inspiring. And I think uh, a lot of the, the uh, dream gap secret tour uh, that's going on right now, uh, I see it getting recognition, but I still mm-hmm. think it, I still think it could be getting more, um, not so much on the TV side, but just on the support side. Um, and I hope to see people actually fill the seats when possible. What are your thoughts on that? Like how far away are we on, on that, Tara? Well, I mean, I, I think it's very clear um, that when these, when games are, are broadcast, um, people watch them. So you're seeing in the last year, you're seeing the WNBA's numbers like skyrocket. You're seeing the National Women's Soccer League uh, numbers skyrocket. So the platform just needs to be available. And I remember, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, it was the, the Dream Gap Tour at Madison Square Garden. I mean, yeah. when you watch this, we know it's amazing hockey, but like hockey doesn't, no hockey looks really great if it's shot on like a webcam. You need the stage, you need the lights, you need the crispness, right? Yeah. And so, so yeah, you do need the 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 broadcast um, commitments, you know. And, and Sportsnet, my my place of work, thankfully, is um, all the games this week are on Sportsnet now. And this weekend, there's three games that are broadcast that are televised. But it, you know, yes, the groundswell has to happen, and that I think is what's happening. It's time for the NHL to make their commitment to not be like, okay, well, the, but until the, um, you know, the national women's hockey league and the PWHBA can coexist, we're not going to step in. Well, come on. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but like, yeah. bullshit. You, you know, it's like, it's, it's time. It's, it's time. It's time to like, you know, it, it's just time to say, you know what, we're going to get behind this. And we know because, you know, there are lots of NHL teams that are, sponsoring the the dream gap tour so i just think some big moves have to be made and and the responsibility uh lies with with some of the power uh yes i mentioned it a few times on on this show in other areas as well and um when you see the i refer to the nhl as the big brother when you see big brother um step up and do something well then all the other leagues and and people will follow because really they have no choice and um there's other topics that i'm talking about as well Mm -hmm. with that um just with the things i'm doing surrounding mental health and certain addiction and, and and concussions obviously but um you know i i think you're right you're 100 right about that although we are in a much better position than we were say five years ago. But like you said, there's so much uh, work to be done. And uh, I think the most important thing for me is personally to realize that we, we can all do more. I can do more. Like, you know, it doesn't take much just to make a small impact. And if we think that, you know, our small impact won't make a, a, 
a lasting impressions or a bigger impact, well, then that's the wrong attitude to have, right? Just to encourage people to support it and go and support it, watch it, um, share it when you see it on social media, chime in. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. do anything to, to share a post on social media and just to encourage these. I also like to encourage the young, the young girls too, which we're going to get to in a few minutes here. And I, I'm really excited to bring her on and introduce you to her because I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story or not. And I, I hope you are, but if you're not, you're going to be. And it's it's a very inspiring one. Um, just want to get to a couple comments before uh, we get there. Um, my friends at B Sharp Ottawa, who's their skate shop, there, taking care of me on the rollerblade side like crazy. We're gonna do an unboxing after we're done with Tara and give away a shirt from Marsblade. Compliments of Marsblade. So thank you to Marsblade. Um, but they say such a great story. Love Joy Drop, but never put the band <laughs> together with TV host. Hometown Hockey is so great for the sport and the communities. Another great interview and story, Brady. Thank you to uh, Joe and Colin at B Sharp. Uh, my friend Stuart Smith. Uh, former hockey player and now turned firefighter. Brady, thanks a lot. You're asking all the questions of Tara with that. I wanted to ask, thank you, Tara, for sharing your amazing story. You're definitely a role model for so many young women. Thank you. Yes, you are. And I know you're, I know you got to get back to your daughter and I don't want to <laughs> too much longer. So I think we'll, uh, we'll bring in my friend. Give me a thumbs up if you're ready back there. Cause you've been sitting back there. She's ready. Okay, here we go. I'm going to introduce you to a, a young lady named Taya Curry. Hey Taya, how are you? Good. You doing well. This is Tara Sloan. So let me tell hey. you, let me Hi. tell you a little bit about Taya Curry. Um, Recently, in the London Free Press, uh, they did a story that says trailblazing local goalie has a chance to make OHL draft her story. Were you familiar with this, Tara? I did read it. I read the story, yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was very fitting uh, to bring Taya on and just introduce you guys. Taya, I just want to encourage you to keep moving forward and chase your dreams and just know that on that day, if that day comes and you don't get drafted, don't give up on yourself. Cause I wasn't drafted in the WHL because I actually quit the under 16 program. It's another story for another day, but I still ended up playing parts of five seasons in the WHL. And I, obviously you're doing something right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Taya, before we let Tara go. Yes. Thanks for having me. Um, I've played with boys hockey my whole life. I love the competitive side of it. Um, my parents have done whatever I needed to keep me where I am, and I my teammates are great. I enjoy playing with them, and I've learned lots over the years. And whatever happens with the draft is not what I control can control at this point. But yeah. Well, I before I let Tara drop, and I uh, I wish you the best of luck. And I've said this before before I saw your story come out and because I've uh, and, and we've seen it with Manam Riom and things, if there's one position that females are going to break into professional hockey before any other one, it's at the goaltending position. Yeah. And it seems like you're on that right track. So I, I would just can like, I just want to encourage you to chase your dreams and don't let anybody tell, you, no, you just keep fighting for them. Tara, is there anything you want to say to Taya? Well, I want to say I admire you so much. I, I always think, you know, um, as, as a goaltender, I mean, so much rides on, on your shoulders. So you, I, I automatically assume that, you know, you, you're sort of different than than everybody else because you have a different capacity for dealing with stress, certainly more than I ever would. I want to know how you got uh, into that position. Um, I've always um, just pushed myself to be better and, Lots of coaching over the years and lots of goalie coaches. And 
I just enjoy playing with the boys. Um, the feel <laughs> level. Um, I actually played a couple of practices with my sister, the girls, and I just didn't enjoy it as much. The competitive <laughs> side wasn't there. Right. Yeah. I remember Manel Rayom talks about when she went to her first camp and, she, you know, she really hadn't – actually, Sammy Joe Smalls is the same thing. They just hadn't really played – with girls and obviously, you know, it, it worked for them, but it took some adjustment. Mm -hmm. How did you end up in that though? Was that, did you start out, did you start as a skater and, and end up in that later? Or did you start as a goalie? I think ever since I stepped ice, I wanted to be a goalie. I didn't like sitting on the bench <laughs> waiting to go it's, back on. It's always something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. uh yeah. People want to like be where the action is, right. They want to yeah. be on top of it. Well, I'm excited for you and um, I'll definitely be following along. And I promise you that when hometown hockey gets back on the road, we're going to come calling on you. Thank you so much. Really yeah. That's pretty awesome. Taya. And you know, you're, you're, so, you're still just a, a I'm going to call you a kid cause you're a kid. You're yeah. 16 <laughs> years old, but just know that you're already inspiring so many young girls uh to chase their dreams and i know one of them is uh, abby baracus down in illinois who's one of our puck support warriors and she's a goalie as well she's i think she's 10 now but she's an incredible young goalie and the second that i saw um the the article i sent it to her and she was like wow that's incredible i want to be next and so just know that you're already making such a huge impact and we're going to stay in contact and i know i was i i, I wanted to hope i wanted to send you some puck support stuff prior to bringing you on, but uh, I'm a little bit behind with everything I'm doing. I'm a one-man show, but we're going to get it to you. And I'm so grateful that you were able to do this. And and Tara, thank you for, um, you know, chatting with Taya for a few minutes. Um, yeah. Thank cool you. Experience. Taya, we're going to, I'll let you go. I'm going to say bye to Tara, but <laughs> amazing work. And if there's anything you need from me, never feel uh, any hesitation to reach out to me. If there's anything I can do to help, I'm always here for you. Thank you so much for having me. And before we nice go, um, there's a, one comment I'll get. There's some coming in, but keep it up, Taya. It's so good to see young women continue her hockey journey. Good luck. That's from Sam Mars and former college goalie as well. So there's older uh, women that you're inspiring as well. So thank you, Ta Taya. Have an awesome night. Bye. 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 <laughs> thank you, Tara. I appreciate you doing that. Isn't that a pretty cool story, though? Like oh, it's such a great story. It's such a great story. And, like, just the – the fortitude and then just like, you know, just clearly just got her head on straight. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, I, I hope maybe we can do this again down the road. And I, you know, I'm just so grateful for your time. I know that you've so busy um, with the, the broadcasting, among other things in your life, obviously some changes and stuff. And I know you're out uh, back home, which probably was really nice to get to get back home. How long were you out in Nova Scotia for? Oh, you know, I ended up not being able to go. So oh. we, yeah, so. the oh, for two. I'm over two. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I didn't broadcast it. Like, well, I was, um, yeah, the, so the backstory is we were going to take my daughter for a bit to stay with her grandparents because she's doing online school and it would be a nice change of scenery and Nova Scotia is great. And um, so we booked our tickets and then they closed the border. So you literally cannot go to any of the Atlantic provinces right now. Um, so our plan is, is August, hopefully. So yeah, no, there's no way you would know that. So yeah, well, we didn't, we didn't make it out. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm if three, three strikes you're out. So I better just stop talking <laughs> now. So 
Um, you know, but uh, so Sunday nights, 630, top of her game. You have one more episode and then you guys are wrapping it up. Are you going to be back for a second season? I sure hope so. I think so. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, it's, it's an important show and it's an important, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my, I my hope is that we can make it bigger, better, and more include more of our colleagues at Sportsnet and tell more stories and whatever form that takes. But yeah, so we have, we're, there's a repeat performance uh, this week. We have Christine Sinclair, which we aired a number yeah. of months ago. Yeah. Next week, our finale is uh, Jessica Platt and, right. uh, and that'll be it for the summer months. And before I let you go, what other than going out in August, what does your summer look like? <laughs> What's Tara Sloan doing this summer? Taking it easy? I'm going to take it easy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, traveling if when things kind of open up a little bit. Um, but it's it's been it's been a busy year. So it turns out that I'm quite good at doing nothing. Nice. So I think I'm not going to do too much. Nice. Well, who you got? Who you got in uh, in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs? Who who do you like to win? And you're not you know, gonna anybody off if you don't say the Maple Leafs. If who who you like? Well, you know, I mean, quite honestly, I've been paying so little attention to any of the teams south of the border. But I mean, now I've sort of I watched a bit of the Boston series, and um, they look really quite strong. Oh, um, you really you went there? I live. I actually live with Harry Sinden's niece. Um, <laughs> And she's a huge Boston. Everything is Boston. She's going to be banging on the ceiling because I know she's watching upstairs. There's everything Boston in this house. I know. And you know, I, I grew up a Habs fan. Like, it's not okay for me to say that. But that's just, I haven't, you know, I haven't really watched a lot of, of the West. Like, obviously, Vegas is a perennial contender at this point. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, like, I think Toronto's going to have their hands full. I mean, I'm just saying, I think Toronto's taking this series. Um, with Winnipeg, like I think yeah. Winnipeg is underrated, strong, yep. consistent. I think their coaching is amazing. I I said the same thing weeks ago. I like them in the playoffs. I just got a woohoo from Susan Cook. It's a little bit delayed up there, but she's <laughs> woohooing you. But I tend to agree. Boston does look good. So, anyways, Tara, I will let you go to your beautiful young daughter. She's what ten? She's eleven. Eleven now. So eleven going on like. That's can i just say thank you for everything that you do your you know your honesty your advocacy um you telling your story is you know obviously you're you're, you're changing lives and and it's huge so and you're really good at this so well, i appreciate stop. that i'm i'm very much learning it always it's it's come a long way let's just say that but i i look to individuals like yourself um i watch closely a lot broadcasters and just seeing how they interview and everything so i'm i'm watching closely everything you're doing please keep up the good work and i wish you all the best and uh, i look forward to connecting down the road hopefully soon thanks brady really appreciate it thanks tara bye bye Awesome, guys. That's Tara Sloan from Sportsnet. Greatly appreciate her time. Thank you to Taya Curry. Got lots of comments coming in, including my dad. Scout for the Saskatoon Blades. Good for you, Taya. Read the story. No idea you'd be on today. That's because I couldn't call my dad today because guess where he was? Golfing. Hardest man to get a hold of. I hope your golf game is is getting good, Dad, because the amount you're playing, I don't know. 
I don't know. We got a cu- couple of comments coming in. Stuart Smith, that is cool. Tara and Taya, taking hockey in the sports world to the next level. Well done. B-Sharp Ottawa, that's awesome. My man, Jesse Tucker. What's up, Jess? You're the man. Keep your head up. I love you, buddy. Lucas Hicks, joining the show late. Always. Brady. Last one. Every time a woman makes a choice that serves her highest good and acts accordingly, she is leading. Thank you for leading for all of these women and girls. Keep causing commotion. It's time. You're damn right it's time. We'll see you guys back here in a couple of minutes. We may give away a shirt from Marsblade. We may save it till uh, next episode, but I want to show you guys what I got from B-Sharp Ottawa right here live on the podcast. Take it away, my friend, Regan Bartell. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leobold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you to Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise at Team Issued. I love me some Regan Bartell. Pitter-patter, let's get at her. That's what he says at puck drop every game. I miss playing for the Kelowna Rockets. Um, Got a text from Lucas Hicks apologizing that he missed the show. No need to apologize. You can watch the replay if you really want. Thank you for your support. So I tried to do an unboxing on Instagram, and the entire time the video was on, My battery was dying, so it didn't even happen. So the box is open. We got a hat from Mars Blade. Slip that, slip that on right quick. Doesn't fit. My head's too big with this mop I got. Throw on the old Mars Blade hat. We got a couple of T-shirts. I think what we'll do is we'll give it away um, next podcast. We'll wrap this one up. I know I promised we were going to give it away, but we'll do it next podcast. Also got some Roosters Hockey Wax. Hopefully the ice opens up soon so we can get that. Check out Roosters Hockey Wax. You get it at B-Sharp. Check out B-Sharp Ottawa. These are what I'm excited about, the new Conix wheels. These are are apparently the creme de la creme of wheels just released. Hooking me up with some more wheels. I got more wheels than I know what to do with, but the amount I'm rollerblading, I'm burning through them like crazy. So thank you to Joe at B-Sharp Ottawa. Shout out to his employee there, Colin, who I connect with as well all the time. You guys, thank you guys. Like honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I know moving forward, I, I hope moving forward, there'll be a lot more people, a lot more companies getting involved. But here's the thing, you guys got involved instantaneously. And that's because of my good friend, really, David Carlson. So, David, Sniper Skate Shop, my man, one of my biggest supporters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not just for hooking me up with B-Sharp, but for all that you do. 
You guys can check out B Sharp Ottawa. If you want to get, if you want to get going, you want to improve your mental health, get yourself a pair of rollerblades. Whether it be Mars Blades, just get out there. If you want to convert your skates to Mars Blades, look up B Sharp Ottawa on Instagram. Check them out on their website. You can send them your skates and they will convert them. And they will send them back. And they take care of people. They legit care about people. And that's what I love most about B Sharp Ottawa. I'm going to change that. I'm going to put my Ryan Donaldson hat on. I really want to say thanks again to Tara Sloan and Taya Curry. Unbelievable young lady. We're all rooting for you, Taya. Whether it be at this year's OHL draft or beyond, you're going to have so many fans uh, moving forward. You already do. And it was my pleasure to have you on. And and Tara, thank you for being so gracious with Taya and, and giving us your time and your, your stories. It was incre- an incredible conversation. Uh, I didn't anticipate going there in the mental health direction as much as we did with Tara. It's like you heard, it wasn't something that she had spoke too openly about. And I appreciate that. It's not easy for everybody to open up and let people know what's going on with them. It definitely wasn't easy for me for the first 33 years of my life or whatever the, the math is on that. But recently it has been. And the more that I've done it, the better that I feel. Not only that, the more accountability I have, the more people I have checking in on me. When you let people know that, hey, you've gone through something or you're currently going through something, Not everyone's going to care. That's okay. But there are people out there that legitimately care. And I am so grateful to all of you that have taken the time in your days to check in on me, to be my friend, to be there for me. Because the way that I look at it is this. My good friend, Rob McDougall, who really helped me get my teeth back in my mouth and is an incredible artist. He sat me down at his house and he said, you know, Brady, and it's kind of like days of our lives, he said. He said, life is really like an hourglass. You turn it over and that sand is just coming out. It's just coming down and you don't know how much sand you have until your sand is gone and your life is over. So when somebody spends their sand or their time in life being there for me or checking in on me, I'm very well aware that that sand could be spent elsewhere. So I don't take that lightly. I choose to spend a lot of my sand checking in on other people too. And that is something that makes me feel good, gets me outside of my own head. Check in on people, check in on those that you love. Be kind to everybody. If you're gonna be up and around the Muskoka area at any time or if you live here, if you wanna go rollerblading, if you wanna come play some street hockey, which won't be in the street because it's apparently illegal here in Canada, but at the sports court, shoot me a message. I'd love to make it happen. We got some brand new nets there. Probably not so much brand new anymore because hockey skills enthusiast, magician Zach Bell, has been breaking them in religiously. I saw him in person. I mean, the guy, let's let's not kid ourselves. The guy's an unbelievable talent. 
He's local. Him and I are going to get the blades on. We're going to mess around, probably do some filming, which I'm looking forward to as well. It's always nice to have people around you that are better at that kind of stuff. It makes you elevate. You want to get better at something? Surround yourself with those who are better. Don't surround yourself with people who you are better than just to make yourself feel good. That's what I did for a lot of my life. Get outside of your comfort zone. Please support Puck Support. PuckSupport.com. Follow us on Instagram. At Puck Support. At Puck Support Warriors. We got Miles Staves coming on the podcast on Sunday. He just recently came out on TSN sharing about his affidavit submitted to the lawsuit against the Canadian Hockey League and the class action lawsuit surrounding concussions. One of many of us who are on that. And again, doing it for the right reasons. We want to see change. We want people to be accountable. A lot of people are mad that I speak like this. We knew what we were doing. We loved the, we were warriors. We loved to fight. Maybe. But I was also a young boy turning into a young man who was misguided and you know now a lot of us are paying the price for it in life after i just would like to see a little more accountability surrounding concussions and fighting in junior hockey but i don't believe we're going to get there until the big guys step up as well nothing i do is about money it's about the greater good and i believe that's why i'm at peace today Hello to all, I'm going to hold back tears. Hello to all my family back home. I miss you guys dearly, Brooklyn and Brody. It's it's been way too long and there's not a second or day that goes by without me thinking of you guys and have your pictures in the workshop when I'm working on everything puck support. You guys are right there with me. Been asked not to share those pictures on my social media, so I haven't. I try not to talk about you guys because I was told not to. But Brody, I know that sometimes you listen to this show and I just want you to know that I love you. And that door is wide open. We're doing some pretty cool things in the hockey community and I'm dying for for you guys to be a part of it. Whenever that may be. I will never, ever, ever give up. Get yourself some rollerblades. Come rollerblade with me. Thanks again to everybody at Muskoka Region News for sharing the story. And a special shout out to Mark Gagnon, OPP officer, believe it or not. I didn't know this for six months that I was talking to him. But really the first individual that really gave me an inclination that I might have a chance in the hockey community moving forward. Because he was agreeing to sit down and meet with me after everything I had done long before the podcast started before puck support, before anything that I had done positive, he was willing to sit down with me. And that gave me the confidence to move forward with the podcast and to do everything that I'm doing now. So Mark, thank you. He was interviewed in the article uh, that just came out in the Muskoka Region News. Mark, thank you for standing up uh, for me in the early stages. Thank you for believing in puck support and thank you for taking part in that article. It was beautifully written by Sarah Law. Anyways, guys, that's it. That's all. Life is pretty darn good today. There's some areas that need my attention and some improvements, but just keep moving forward. If you're struggling, don't give up on yourself. Hold your head high. Believe in yourself. If what you're doing is not working, try something else. 
The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. A smart man by the name of Einstein once said that. Think about it. If you want something to change, you need to be willing to change. It might be uncomfortable. It might hurt. It might be scary. But nothing will change until those actions are taken. Dad, if you're off the golf course, I love you. Thank you for all your support. Can't wait to see you. Mom, can't wait to see you too. Every All my family back home. Shout out to Ryan Odomir in Japan. Avid listener, my cousin, listening all the way in Japan. That's it for tonight. We'll see you guys hopefully Sunday. I promise we'll give away something on Sunday's episode with Miles Staves. Thank you again to Tara Sloan from Sportsnet and the wonderfully and incredibly talented young lady in Taya Curry for joining this show. Be kind, stay grateful, and remember, have a great day if you so choose. Pocket to Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at mindframe on Twitter plus mindframefit on Instagram. Oh yeah, I'm stable. Oh yeah, no label. Oh yeah, you know me. I have.